0: Um, Since I've had a whole week of not working and the weekend come and it's just the weekend, <laughs> you know, but I didn't just sit around, lay around and did nothing. I had homework that I attempted to do some, didn't accomplish all of it, but I'm going to get back into it. Ran some errands, um, had some conversations with some people, um, talked to a few people about venturing into a different career path while i finished my pursuit in nursing um but before i go any further i want to thank god He's good He continues to bless me my family is blessed and while well, another day above ground is always a blessing and for everyone's ear and attention for strolling over to talk to talk with your girl and need love to hate from baton rouge louisiana i appreciate you and i thank you for that to all my listeners and my supporters and the people that I'm going to shout out. I'll do that at the end of my episode. But I want to thank you. And I ask that you continue to support me and continue to spread my podcast to everyone. People that don't want to listen and people that will listen. Who knows? They might share it with somebody else. You know, all that good stuff. Any questions and comments, I'm going to put that email at the bottom in case you guys don't know where to click it at when you go to those other podcasters' sites. Um, but I will mention, Anita Love to hate to hate at gmail.com. And she said, he said, they said at gmail.com. And those other podcasters that I am mentioning is iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Spreaker, Brika, Like any podcast, Castle, any podcasting um, app that they have that you can go and listen to, you're probably going to catch me there. Um, but I'm not going to be too worthy, wordy, not worthy, but wordy, (laughs) um, I'm just doing a few questions, um, so I hope you are ready or into it, but let me say this first, this has really been a very test for me, because for the past 11, 12 years, I've always worked, always worked, and it's just weird of me not working right now. And I knew that this day was going to come because I was going to go to school and, you know, devote more time into school so I can go ahead and finish whatever it is that I need to finish. Um, but I didn't like it done the way it was done, it, the way it was. I was forced and humiliated and hurt and all this stuff. But I'm not going to keep reliving that because I relive it every day when I'm sitting still for too long of a period of time. You know, the devil is busy and mind tends to sink elsewhere. Um, but this is, this is kind of unsettling for me. Uh, but I do know that God is in the midst of all of this. And I do know he's going to work it out. I do know that he is the head and he's going to fix it. And everything happens for a reason. And I also know that he has a bigger plan for me. Um, I know for a fact that this was his way of telling me I needed to do this. Um, So I just have to allow myself to accept the process that I'm being put in. Um, With that being said, I'm going to take a brief break, you guys, and then we're going to get into these questions. Some of the questions that I have, um, uh, there are a few people that I know um, through school and who I used to work with. um, I think they found these questions on a site, a few of them. I think it's like three three of them that I'm going to I'm going to answer or attempt to answer in my from my opinion that they found online that they disagree with and they wanted to hear my opinion on it. But um the other questions are from people that I know and some that I don't know at all, but don't fret. Give me a moment. She, me, her, your girl will be back in a moment, you guys. It's Friday. It's the weekend for all of y'all that worked all this week. And now the weekend is here. Y'all get to chill out with your family. Relax. It's football season. A lot of people are still into football. My cousin's son is playing football. He's hellified amazing. So a lot of people are going to go to that game. Unfortunately, because um, I don't have a lot of help. Um, I won't be attending that game. I can take her with me, but I'm kind of worried that it's, the, the rain is going to come. And so, I don't want to get caught in with her in a rain trying to push a wheelchair because that ain't going to be fun. Um, But I get to chill with her and um, get more acquainted and more one with her. But I'm going to take a brief break, you guys. You don't go anywhere. Come back, listen to my questions, any comments that y'all have regarding, or any questions that y'all want me to participate in on your podcast. Hey, let me know. I'll be back. All right, I am back with some Q and A, and my first question is actually from Jesse, Jessie P. Um, and I think this one came from the Daily Digest. I'm not exactly sure whereby, but I think she did. It was from all online. Um. But it say, "What is it like to have a six pack?" And the original answer someone said is "You are pretty unknowing um most people have no idea what it's like to have a six pack get a life um It is pretty annoying to be honest um and this is actually a female, I think girls often um leave puddles all around which makes like steel tip loafers to go all rusty and shit and stuff like that no i'm being serious um i haven't had a six pack in a minute but six packs has slowly morphed from an ice cube tray into a poorly plastered garage while during my 20s you know i know plenty of people that work out regularly they eat well you know, I, for the most part, I eat well. I am a junk food person, but I've gotten a lot better at that. And for the most part, I think that I'm pretty, pretty okay. Um, but I know a lot of people that work out regularly, they eat well, and they are well in good shape and their stomach is flat. But I think a six pack is not too difficult for anyone to maintain if they are just that into health and working out and things of that nature. Um, I've never wanted to bulk up. I've never prided myself on making sure that I have a six pack. My goal have always been to make sure that I'm, I'm healthy and that I'm good and that um, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do for my body and that I'm paying attention to my body. But there are some people that have tried to bulk up uh, too many times and if they wanted One now, like a six pack. Now, I think they have to have like all that cleansing diet and all that other stuff. Literally, they never drink, and and it leads to quite a full dull life. If I'm honest with you, it is to me. I think for some of the people that I know, it isn't worth it for to try to get a six pack this point in their life when they're 40s and 50 years old. But I'm not knocking anybody. Whoever want to work again a six pack, that's their business. For me, I don't have a six pack right now. Have I had one? Yes. Um, And I never even thought about it. Like, oh my God, my stomach is so flat. Look at me, check me out. I've never looked at myself like that. Um, When I see people with a snatch body, I was like, oh my God, they're a snatch for the gods. But never when I look at someone with a six pack, I'm like, oh my God, I'll just die if I don't get a six pack. I've never looked at that. So I think for me, it's hard for me to answer the question in the way I think they want me to answer the question because I don't look at it like that. I look at it more on just doing what you're supposed to do for your health, taking care of yourself and work out. And if you get it, you get it, but you still have to be consistent. You have to work on it. And there's no off dates. There's no off dates, but you have to be patient because it's not going to come over time or um, overnight. It's going to, it takes time. It's a process. So that's the best I can do to answer that question. Um, I hope it helped. And my next question is, um, Anita love to hate to hate. I'm not sure if you understand anything about the climate change but i'm going to ask this question anyway how do you call the stance that climate change isn't real um i i would have to say uh skepticism withholding judgment um simple ignorance uh the inability to understand how science works um short-sightedness fantasies i'm gonna say denial or probably a death wish or a criminal negligence depending on the person and what their actual knowledge is uh relative to their ability to to influence the policy um from my opinion we don't have a lot of margin to mess around with this many people think that climate change is real but aren't sure mankind contributes to it and I doubt if their car were headed towards a cliff, they would step on the gas. Clearly, they wouldn't. But people don't want to apply that logic to the climate, maybe because it seems like it's too too demanding, too, like too big of a change for us, or it's too critical because you don't know what you can do if you realize that it really is real. Um, culturally, we have a strong streak of um, nihilism and for all our better traits. We're headed for the bottom of that cliff, if you ask me. From my opinion, Um, by the time the signs is in inescapable, which might be right now, it will be far too late. From my opinion, I I think climate uh, change is a is real. It's a thing. Um, And I think we should take it serious. And I think everybody should take it serious. Um, But if you don't know and you you're not completely sure about it, research. There's plenty of researches where you can go and read and get information pertaining to climate control, climate change, all that stuff. Seriously, I don't know all the ins and outs about it, but I do believe that it's real from the information that I've read. Um, I do take it serious and I think that we're in trouble. That's just my opinion. And thanks for the question, sweetie. Um, next question is from Eli Housie. It said, "I've heard a lot of notions of depression—a need to love, to hate, to hate." I would love from your opinion to hear what are three weird tips that you may have heard about depression. Um, I don't know if people—if you uh, remember—I've talked about me having anxiety and I have struggled with depression before. When I first started my healing process professionals told me two things which sounded incredibly stupid and weird and crazy and wrong and fucked up as if they completely misunderstood depression to be honest they sounded just top survey savvy type of ignorance to me I'm being honest I know that's not a word but that's my word but after a while what they said proved in my opinion to be true um The third is something that I worked out myself. There are three. One, um, actions come before feelings. Um, My generation has been told that what you feel is more important than how you act. And you should only do what makes you happy as long as it doesn't harm other people. But when we're depressed, we lose interest in the very things that normally will make us happy. And the things which didn't make us happy, those things which we already lose, grow from a wee hill into an um, an impassable mountain. So we do neither. The things which are normally complete doesn't make us happy, nor the things which we need to do for survival. And that's called destructive. When we're depressed, if we wait until we feel we want to do something, we never will. Excuse me. So when we need to learn to do things, regardless of how we feel about them, whether we um, are overwhelmed by them or we completely um, apathetic about it, we have to learn how to do those things point blank in the period. And doing like doing the dishes or eventually throwing them in the dishwasher may not make us happy, but that's not the doggone point. Happenings is transit, you know. Like tidying up the kitchen is about clearing the workspace to help you think things through and to clear your headspace and to figure out what you have to do next and making sure that you see what you, the big picture of what you're trying to do. Brushing um, the floor is about sweeping aside feelings that tells us we can't do it and we are not good enough. But most importantly, doing any of... The things It proves to ourselves that we can climb those mountains that seems high and steep. And that's an experience that lasts through each successful bout of depression. You can say, I've climbed this before, I can climb it again. That's what I learned from that first weird thing that they said, actions come before feelings. It took me a long time to get there, but I did. The second one is what you're experiencing when you're going through your depression is normal. Because my therapist said that, um, Anita, what you're experiencing, how you're feeling, that is normal. And I didn't believe it. (laughs) I didn't. Um, I found myself just dazing off and just staring off and just wandering off. And I protested that remark, that point that she made. But she didn't say that to minimize what I was going through. Or to take away from my feelings or to ignore my feelings. She said it to make me realize that comparing myself to others by saying, well, they're able to cope wouldn't help me. It, it wasn't going to be helpful for me. So she told me that it was normal to feel the emotions from time to time. And some someone else might feel them to a lesser degree. Or they might feel at the same degree but has learned through years of experience how to cope with it and get through it. Which is where I'm at now. So to look at... They're out with lies and determined that they are much better than I is a failure for me because, um, like them, I have to be able to cope. Um, and being able to cope is downright foolish all the time because all the time you're not. She also said that um, it, it helped me think what my normal is and what healthy looks like for me and what coping looks like to me. That was the light bulb session. As I was able to focus on what I was feeling without the bagging of societal expectations and comparing myself to other people, I was able to understand this is your healthy. This is your normal. You know what I mean? So yeah, and my thing was for myself was healing isn't like healing for most physical situations, alignments, um, you know, harm, you know, there are some preventive drugs, but by and large, we go to the doctor and we get these pills or we have treatment until the symptoms go and depression isn't like that. Um, I had to keep doing the things I needed to do to keep me healthy, to minimize the likelihood of another breakdown. And to everyone else, those are normal. Those are just normal adult responsibilities, but to me, they they were my lifeline. So um, um, yeah. One, actions come before healing feelings. What you're experiencing is normal. And healing isn't like healing from most physical situations. Um, it's different. Next question. Anita loved to hate to hate. You don't often talk about eating out to restaurants. But I had to ask, have you ever been asked to leave a all you can eat restaurant for eating too much? Um, not me, but um they had this um in a way, but I'm not gonna say me because it was a group of people. Um there's this nursing home where these people, um, this lady in the nurse home, I'm not gonna mention her name because her family is very private. And every year for her birthday, Mother's Day, things of that nature, they go to Golden Career. And that's what the, the lady likes likes to go to. I used to actually work with the lady. I used to sit with the lady that I'm talking about. And they had other family members that came and they had like younger children <laughs> that came. Um and, you know, some people was eating and they had this steak and whatever. And one of the cousins had it like three steaks or whatever. And then, and this was at Golden Career. And the, the manager came and told the cook that, you know, she couldn't do that. And the cook was confused and, and simply was just, she just kind of got uncomfortable and it was out of her way. But then I realized he wasn't needed elsewhere in the restaurant I told her she didn't you know um, she didn't need to be uncomfortable because I was standing there when she told her that and I'm like oh my god and then they came around and they told her that um, that they wouldn't be cooking anything else Um, they would cook them anything else but steak and they were like well why can't she do that isn't that her job i don't i don't want you messing with my food after this person to cook you know whatever whatever now it's like i don't it's like i don't know what you, what you'll do to it in fact i don't want anybody else touching it i got accustomed to her cooking it and she know how i like it um and this is supposedly an all-you-can-eat restaurant place you know a lot of older people go there but younger people like to go there too younger people like to take their kids there. And you know you don't want your food screwed up, your because you're eating a lot. Fine, you know. And the guy got mad. He was like, "Okay, fine. I won't be back." And I plan to tell everyone I know about this. But you got it. We're out of here. She evidently she called the police because they pulled in as everybody was getting ready to leave. I had already got it in my car. I was in my truck. I was ready to go. I was like, Mm-mm, "This ain't. I ain't coming for this." And they was like, "Oh, baby, I'm so sorry. I apologize." I was like, "Oh no, uh-uh, no apologize." Which blows my mind to this day is that the manager somehow psyched them on up on thinking that it was okay to call the police on someone that didn't do anything. Like, the guy didn't make a scene, but he was questioning, like, why they can't fix this, blah, blah, blah. You know, even though they were leaving, like, they were getting their stuff together and they left. And when she told um, them... They had done nothing illegal. They had done nothing. It's just, he was offended that you, this is all you can eat restaurant. There were like 15, 20 people there. You're going to get a guaranteed control, um, contru- it because you had more than five people eating with you. Um, and so I sat in my vehicle for a little bit and I saw the, you know, the lady go, the police go inside and then they immediately came back out with her leading, and then she pointed at their car. They were leaving. They were, like, at the turn thing, leaving. But they couldn't just pull on out because cars was coming by where they were parked at. And so she pointed at a car. The officer walked was walking out to try to get their attention and, you know, stopped them, waved them down while the, the other car got in their car and, and pulled up behind them. And I felt like they were treated like criminals because they came to eat a lot and they wanted to eat a lot in one setting and the cook was great at her job and it wasn't the cook. It was the supervisor. And this was many, this was a few years, this was many years ago. So I doubt the same woman is still in charge of the restaurant in Bad Rouge. If she is, I hope she has since learned that it's good when your employees do reception well. And it's also good for customers to like the food. And if it's an all you can eat restaurant, I didn't get the point of that. Um, but yeah, but it wasn't directly to me, but it was this particular person did eat a lot of (laughs) steaks. I counted three and they were there when I got there. So, and I think they were already eating when I got there. So I don't know, but they were really good people. And honestly, the guy wasn't loud. He wasn't making a scene. I mean, he kind of made a scene because they were talking back and forth. And it was people in line behind him. And so the people in line behind him could hear what she's saying. So, yeah. But it wasn't like, oh, you know, people way across the restaurant stopping and looking. But, yeah. So, yeah. Next question is from Stuart. Um, They are a student at Southern University. They said, which player... Was a Kobe stopper or could halt him a little bit on the defensive end in their prime? Um, well, absolutely nobody was a Kobe stopper. Let's just be honest with you. And I'm not saying it because I'm biased. Let's settle that right out the gate. He's one of the best all time precisely because he couldn't be stopped. But the best I ever saw at guarding Kobe was none other than Tony Allen. And don't take my word for it, people. You can go on to ESPN. You can Google it and all that. And Kobe Brown himself said it himself. Um, he And it's recorded that he said that Tony Allen was the best defender he had ever faced. Greatness knows freaking greatness. I'm just saying. You know, he was good because when you watch Kobe play against him, Kobe wasn't as good as you... We're used to seeing him beat. And the numbers back this up. Kobe shot 38.7% when facing off against Allen in the playoffs, which is far below his career average. But Kobe fans such as myself, there was no one more frustrating to watch him face up against than Tony Allen. I mean, you could just, you you just kept expecting Kobe to be Kobe, but it always looked like Allen caused him to take a step back as a player. Um the dude was ruthless and relentless on defense, and that's where he made his living. He had just he had that focus like to never take a moment off. And whatever whatever Kobe got on him, it was like he had to work twice, three times as hard to, to get it. So I always give him props, and I will continue to give props where credit is due. And well, I can't say anything bad about him. Well done, Mr. Allen. Well done indeed. So Near the end of his Kobe career, he gave Allen um, the gift of some tennis shoes with his name, wrote on it before a game as a tribute, and I think that basically summed it up. Hashtag respect, hashtag enough said. Um, So, um, yeah, I I would have to say Tony Allen. That's that's, that's it, and I'm sticking to it. Uh, (laughs) I'm a Kobe fan. I love Kobe. Um, next question is from parents, partner, woman, friend, love to hate to hate. I was having a conversation with my girlfriend. We were discussing my daughter-in-law's mother. She's not my favorite. She was listening on the intercom as we were talking. My daughter-in-law now says there will be no more family holidays because of that. Is her mom justified in getting angry over something she eavesdropped on? Um, look, I was involved with um, the funding round for a startup. And um, I'm not even going to go into full details about it. And we observed, uh, observed um, the three-block room. And that is, we didn't discuss the meeting, the elevator pitch, or the people we met with until we were three blocks away from that meeting site. But one one overheard, well, he seemed like a jerk anyway from the beginning. He was an asshole. I'm just going to be honest with you. Would be enough to, like, j- you know, jinx our chance and our reputation as tactful and good business, you know, partners. So, you discussed family members in the very house she was in. And it doesn't matter if the intercom was on, if she walked by a room, or if the daughter-in-law mom happened to hear you. But this woman not only get the information that you don't like her, (laughs) but that you dislike her enough to express a lot of opinions in a way that might be overheard. And your daughter-in-law is justified, as is the mother. I'm just saying. Now, you have every right to dislike this woman, and you can even dislike your son's wife. They also have every right to decide that they don't want to spend any holidays, especially any major holidays, with people who don't like them. I'm That's how I feel. Since you don't like the in-laws who has been part of family gatherings, it might be an opportunity for all parties to figure out a way for you all to spend time and to divide up holidays so that no one is forced to spend a holiday or a birthday or other special occasions with people that don't like them or the knowledge that they themselves are disliked. Um, but if you want to do holidays and birthdays and things like that together, everybody needs to get in one room with a mediator and talk it out and spill out what's the problem. Because sometimes the root of the issue is a bunch of he said, she said, or I think and what I mean, what I think is I think they don't like me. So therefore, I don't like them. I think they have a bad or they look at me crazy. So I think you can't assume and you can't assume to think that a person don't like you. You can't do that, people. You can't. You have to know. Period. So would you want to spend a holiday with people that you know don't like you? You don't even want to take a lunch breaks with people that you don't like or that you think don't like you. So come on now. Get it together. Next question is I understand, Anita, love to hate to hate of your feelings towards the Trump administration, things of that nature. But I would like to know how do you think America farmers feel about Trump's tribe? Tariffs. Tariffs. <sighs> Tariffs. Excuse the language, people. Um, My opinion is I think they have mixed feelings. Um, And um, on the one hand, they believe Trump's explanation that he is imposing uh, this tariffs on China in particular to solve America's debt. If they balance the, uh, the trade and bring jobs back to America, the farmers have said that they were willing to let Trump execute this trade or if it helped America. Now, some are having reservations. They are seeing their markets destroyed and replaced by other countries. The fear for them is that they may not regain those Chinese markets when the trade war happens to end, whenever that is. Now, there is now some doubt that what Trump said was true and that the reason for the, the trade was war was to slow down China's economic rise and to push into technology. And some people are realizing that they have been thrown under the bush bush for what they see now is the wrong reasons. The longer, this is just my opinion, the longer this trade war continues and we start to see damage to our economy and we realize the trade deficit has only a small effect on our economy, the whole climb out of the 2018 recession occurred with a trade deficit with China. The effort of the trade deficit was hardly noticed because of other inputs to the U.S. economy from abroad. The FDI, the terrorism, the foreign students all contributed to the U.S. economy. But in addition to that, the U.S. corporation benefited with their Chinese manufacturing, producing products to sell into the Chinese um, domestic market for like six six hundred billion in sales. A hundred billion more than China exported to the U.S. We will see. um I think how these affect our economy as the trade war continues and if Trump makes it worse by increasing the number of items from China, that would be uh, to rift. Um, and as for bringing jobs back, I'm sorry, it isn't happening. Uh, some increase in the steel industry, but they are uh, dwarfed by job losses and job moving offshore because of the, the uh, tires. Um, BMW, um, Tesla, they all of them have started construction of new factories in China, jobs that won't be for Americans. Um, it will take th- at least three to six months, depending on the sector, to fully understand the damage that this is going to cause us. Some are saying that if Trump follows through with this plan, with, with um, all of China's exports to the U.S., as many as four billion jobs could possibly be lost. Now, there is a new report that says 11 billion jobs could be lost, but I don't know if that's actually true so I, I don't know I think for me because I don't trust the, the the White House administrators now and it's been so many back and forths of have truths and people not being honest I don't, I don't see it being working out in a good way um, that's just my opinion moving on yeah I'm gonna sip on that one mm-hmm. take another sip Okay, this question is. I think this actually came from offline, and it say, "I am an entrepreneur and investor. What is the healthiest thing you've done for your relationship with your children?" Mm. That's actually a good question. I think the healthiest thing I have done for my relationship is to always 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 put family first over work over business over school over friends all of that that means being there nights and weekends with maybe only a few notable exceptions of being there for major sporting events competitions every teaching conference um for me being a good parent you know my mother was busy working 12 p.m. to 12 a.m. My, my dad was busy, so I didn't see him him as much as I saw my mother, but my mother worked a lot as well when I was young, and as um, he got older and worked less, I got to see him more, but I always had hoped that I would have seen him more as a child, and same thing with my mother. Um, we never played catch or anything like that. We never did things together, me and my mom and my dad. Um, um, Well, we did some things, but not like, you know, you see on TV all the time, you know. Um, They never... My mom never took me to a single basketball game. Um, We went to football games, but that's because I had uncles and cousins that played. Um, uh, My parents never at any of my basketball games or anything like that. I may not have been perfect, but I have been there for my children. And I hope one day when they realize how. Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. Um, Yeah. Like I was saying, um, I just will hope that my, children would understand and respect and appreciate me being there. And it turns into how they become parents to their children and things of that nature. All right. Next question is from Kathy. I need love to hate to hate. What do I do with my daughter who chooses to confide in a therapist at her school rather than confiding in me? I'm her mother. For goodness sake, why can't she talk to me? She, she should be talking to me, right? Or am I just being selfish? Um. First of all, I'm curious to how you found out that your daughter was talking to a therapist at school. Um, uh, did your daughter tell you? If yes, congratulations. Because at least she is comfortable enough that she shared that information with you and... Ideally, we'll receive only that positive reaction from you about it. If you learned it from anyone other than your daughter, I hope that person had your daughter's permission to talk to you about it. Otherwise, I think it's a big, huge breach of trust. Second of all, your question, uh, what do you do with her? And you should continue to be loving and supportive parent, period. Look, your daughter didn't talk with you about this issue for good reasons, I think. And it may have nothing to do with you at all. Maybe she was too embarrassed to talk to you with you being her mother about it. Maybe she was afraid you would be upset or she would disappoint you. Maybe she didn't want to burden you with the issues or any number, any any reasons. Um, teenagers, especially females, are much more likely to bounce their worries and ideas off of other people like their friends or their counselors than their their parents now don't take it personal um i think instead of taking it personal i think you should be grateful that she was able and was willing and comfortable to talk to a licensed professional maybe my daughter would be willing to talk with um other people about things than me i've I've been down that road So maybe your daughter will be willing to talk with you about the experience eventually. Or maybe your daughter isn't even aware that you know that this even occurred. Either way, just tell her that you hope that she knows that she can talk to you about anything, anytime, anywhere without any fear of of any type of consequences, any type of screaming or any judgment and, and mean it. But. With so much peer pressure going on in this world, I think you should be happy that she's not bottling it up and holding it in and um, not expressing it um, with you. Because it's hard as, you know, it's hard as teenagers to share, you know. Hope it helps. And let me say this. I've been through that. And I felt what you felt. And so that's why I'm saying what I'm saying now. And I carried that a long time because I felt like I wasn't a good mother. I felt like I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do because um, she went confiding to other people. Other people knew and I didn't. And I'm supposed to be your support system. I you know, tried to show you that I love you and I'm here for you. And you go and you confide in somebody else. And it took me a long time to take that out of it and look at it for what it really is and so that's why these are coming from my personal opinion all right next question is from tony love to hate to hate i love your podcast keep doing your thing i do have a kind of a weird question that was asked to me so i'm asking it to you (laughs) Is it fine to say everyone finds a bad quality about themselves after friends said they were ugly on a class picture and I told them they aren't? Um, No, because I understand what you mean. And maybe um, a better way would be to say we are always our own worst critics because that's my favorite phrase. And truthfully, we are. So, no, I don't think so. Okay. Next question is from Linda. Linda, 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 Linda. (laughs) Okay, love to hate to hate. And she said, he said. To Anita and Mr. E, how can you make friends with people when the people where you live are rude? I've had this question before. And I wish I knew more details, assuming you were talking about in real life and not on podcasts or anything like that um, it also depends on your level of shyness um, your introversion assuming you are introvert. I am an introvert and I like spending time by myself I like small groups and I have trouble with large groups unless and I am the key speaker and I have no other choice but to try to get out of my way which nine times out of ten my ass is doing a lot of clapping um, I'm better when there's no pressure for me to find subjects to talk about Um, I'm good on this podcast because people are not face-to-face with me, so they don't have to see me. First off, I train myself to smile. Smiling tends to be a warm, welcoming sign that you're willing to interact with people. A place, I often do this, is in the grocery store. I'm usually by myself um, lately. I used to always be with my daughter, and I try to maintain a slight smile on my lips. Not too forced and creepy, Um, but I like to look, looking happy to me, and content is my goal. Because if I make that eye contact and smile, I often say hello or oh, how you doing. I'm lucky because I live in uh, this country where not everybody's hateful. Not everybody have a cold heart. And so I try to notice something about someone and one of my favorite grocery um stores is you know, getting in the line behind um I was in getting behind the line getting in line behind us was in, Oh my God. I was in a store and I got in line behind this man who had less than ten items. And um I always I always seem to get behind somebody. But anyway, they they usually only have they usually I have seem like I have more items than other people. Um but they they have more line more stuff than me and so he started talking to me and then this lady pulls up and she started talking to me too and I often compliment women men whomever if they're standing there talking to me so I smile until um the other person is comfortable in doing so or it's just second nature sometimes i would be like how you doing and nobody said anything I said well I guess they ain't doing so good so um I just think if you like get into hobbies do something that you enjoy do music outdoors volunteer things of that nature i think you will you will meet like-minded people and and since you already enjoy certain topics about certain things i think you are um you're probably able to speak in public and speak to people confidently so if you master that um i think you could go to other places and you may be able to you know find people that can relate to you but keep in mind people love talking about themselves so you can score extra points by focusing the conversation on them and not yourself so um but there are rude people everywhere so that's a given that's going to happen um but don't get stuck in polite conversation there's no skin invested in it you've got to get at least a little bit naked so to speak in order to make friends with some 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 people so I'm just saying that's just my opinion um. that's it okay I'm gonna do one more question let's see Anita love to hate to hate girl I love your open and honest opinion I look forward to hearing your podcast I also stroll over like you said to she said he said podcast keep it going love it love it question friend of mine is going through this. Don't want to name any names, so I rather keep it anonymous. Yes, girl. <laughs> that's this what she said. If you found out your husband, wife, girlfriend, or boyfriend was expecting a baby with someone else, what would you do? Keep it all the way one hundred. Well, if I found out my husband was expecting a baby with another woman, I would confront him first. And, of course, he will lie. And he probably would say nothing happened or anything like that. Or So if I had caught him cheating or something like that, he probably would say, he probably would lie too. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, but if the truth came out that he did and um, she had gotten pregnant, um, I would leave him. Because I'm pretty sure that he would probably be trying to get her to get rid of it. Um, because I'm pretty sure that he would probably be trying to hide it. Don't want people to know. Um, and then if I were to leave, he'd probably say hurt. You know, he wanted his children back and things of that nature. He would swore it would be over. He would probably say he want to go to counseling and probably something like that. And I probably stupidly probably would agree to come back home. Worst mistake would have been in my life. Um, because you're always going to be thinking that, you know, you wasted almost another time of your life trying to get him to stop. You know what I'm saying? And, and he would say he had all lies. He has made you know, i probably say made me so sick physically and emotionally and I could not function most of the time. Um, so. <laughs> I, I, let me say, there is no excuse for cheating. No excuse. And cheating to me is a no choice. Clothes don't magically disappear and you don't trip and fall into another person's penis or their vagina. And I don't care how bad things get in a relationship, have some fucking respect for everyone that would be involved in it before you cheat. Because the aftermath leaves the cheater and the victim worse than it was. Period. Um, I will cut the fuck up. I would be angry. I'll probably tap some pictures, tab the house, cut some ties, get a divorce. I'll probably try to try to empty out the bank account. Um period I, I can't I cannot wholeheartedly say um, that I will be able to handle it and I will be good and everything is going to be good I'm, I'm black at the end of the day my patience are very short if you cheat on me I'm, I'm done I'm done done I know what that feels like. I know how humiliating that is, how small it, you feel, and how inadequate you feel, and how you feel like you didn't bring, you, you wasn't enough, and, and how you do this to me. And, and you, I know what that feels like. I know exactly what that feels like. So, where I'm at in my life, psh, bye. Psh, fuck you. Go get what you're looking for. I hope that grass green on the other side. That's all I have to say about it. And just thinking about it makes me mad, you know what I'm saying? So uh no, I couldn't I couldn't carry on with that. I would I would have to cut it off. But if I if I have children and this person that went out and got somebody else pregnant, I would want those children to know each other regardless of how much it hurts me. Because that's not the children's fault. Period. Okay. Next question. This is going to be my last question, you guys. Okay. I don't know if, if you believe this or not. But I feel like a lot of people hate on LeBron James. I noticed on your podcast when the news hit LeBron James, Lakers, and you wasn't happy. Love to hate to hate. Honest opinion. Why do NBA superstars not want to play with LeBron James? First, Kyrie Irving asked to leave Cleveland. Don't understand that. Now, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Jimmy Butler all declined to play with him in L.A. What's the deal? Um, my intuition, this is just my intuition. But those players that you've mentioned all have something in common. They don't want to be sack and fiddle to LeBron James. That's just my opinion. And everybody that you mentioned are amazing players, amazing talent. Kyrie Irving wanted his own team, and he got that, as he is now the main man for the Boston Celtics, and he's doing an amazing job. Paul George did say he wanted to be a Laker, but with the backing from fellow um, OKC superstar Russell Redbrook, Westbrook, who I'm not a fan of, he opted to stay long term to Oklahoma City. And I think it's a good look for him. I think it was good for him, although I would have loved to see him with the Lakers. Kawhi Leonard, case is still up in the air since he hasn't fully decided if he wants to stay for the long haul in Toronto. But the team has made some moves in order to convince him to stay. Now, with Jimmy Butler, he, ha- he, he doesn't want to be the second banana to LeBron. And he would rather team up with fellow 2019 free agent Kyrie Irving. He also publicly stated that he would rather play for the L.A. Clippers. So, for my opinion, and this is just my opinion, they don't want to play backup to LeBron. And any team that, any player that plays with LeBron will be playing backup. Period. Period. They would be playing back up. And I know a lot of people probably would disagree with me. But that's my opinion. I'm sticking to it. And I don't care if you don't like it. But you asked me. So, there you go. And I did say that was my last question. But I do have another question from um, Miranda. Um, It says, love to hate to hate. You seem to be a straight up, honest person. Does the number of partners your significant other has matters to you? Um... yeah <laughs> sure but a lot of that is my upbringing in particular plus i really wasn't all experienced you know you know i i don't really have a i don't have a, a lot of sexual partners i don't have a lot of sexual experiences um so i don't No. yeah, yeah. It it means a lot to me. I can't be with somebody that hasn't been with 300 and something partners. I, I, I can't because to me, that sounds like a sex addict. Like, but if you're 40 something or 50 something years old and you've been with like 30, 50 people in your whole life, maybe I can deal with that. Maybe, I don't know. Um, But... If you're young, you're like 20, 30, and you've been with like 50, 75, 100 partners, I'm like, damn, that's a lot. You know what I mean? That's a lot. That's really a lot. Because I don't care how amazing I feel like I am, if a person had been with that many people, that's going to have me thinking like, well, I mean, am I any good? Like, you know what I mean? Because you start to wonder, what is this person looking for to have been with that many partners? I'm just saying. I mean, those are leg- legitimate questions. I don't care what anybody say. Those are legitimate questions that people should ask. Are they safe? Or are they using protection? Like, are they in relationships with these people for a long period of time? And then it just don't work out. And then they, they go on a break and they just say, I'm just hooking up. And that's what happens. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what's the deal? I haven't been with a lot of people. So um, I don't know if, I, I don't know. if For me, it matters. But that's just for me. So if it doesn't matter for you, it doesn't matter for you. But for me, yes, it matters. I can't do it if it's a lot. If it's it's a lot, I can't do it. I can't. That's just me. Um, Yeah, that is it. That's my time with my Q&A questions, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you for strolling over to my world, giving me your ear, your time, your support, um, all that amazing stuff. Um I want to give a few shout outs to um Miss Auntie Ann, Miss Jamie, um Gucci maine, Maine <laughs> um, who else? Um and Marguerite Williams and Black Love That's all I know, Black Love. Thank you. I appreciate you. Continue to hit that listener support. Continue to subscribe. You know, every month. Yes, hunty. yas, hunty. yas. Um, to my sponsors because they have given me the sponsor fee. Um, E Turk and Miss Carly Kale. These are actually Party City employees. One of them is an the office manager, and one is an area manager, store manager, and um. Area manager. Thank you. They're in a Baton Rouge location. One of them goes from Baton Rouge to Denham Springs location. I just learned that. So, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. It means a lot. Um, Tommy with um, Security. um, um, Used to be named Showtime Security. Thank you. I appreciate you for... Um, sponsoring my podcast, I appreciate you, Anonymous One, Anonymous 101. These are both family members of mine. I appreciate you. Thank you for supporting Miss Shaniqua. (laughs) Thank you, honey. I love you. I love you. Miss Shaniqua actually worked for a drug and alcohol rehab center in um, Ethel, Louisiana. Mr. E is also um, advertisements over um, uh, a security company. And I actually met Mr. E off of Anchor. And we do the She Said He Said podcast on Anchor. So you guys go over and support and all that amazing stuff. Um, thank you. Everyone, thank you. I appreciate you. It means a lot to me. I can't stop thanking you guys enough for everything um, you do your, just the time that you give the energy that you, you give to me by listening to my podcast and my, and these questions and the questions that you give me, I appreciate it means a lot of these questions. Some of these questions that were given to me was forward to me from offline. I'm not exactly sure where about offline. One of them, I think was queer Quests or question or something like that. So thank you for sharing that. And one my opinion on that. Um, yeah. Um, I'll, um again you can email me any questions comments any topics that you want to hear on my podcast at anita love the number two hate the number two hate at com or she said he said they said at gmail.com i appreciate you i thank you so much and i apologize for the noise in the background that is people that can care two shits about me recording i'm just gonna keep it all the way 100 with you um thank you thank you thank you and i ask that you continue to support go over to itunes google play spotify spreaker breaker all those amazing podcasts and subscribe to my podcast you can also communicate with me you can leave comments you can go over to itunes you can rate me a five hunty yes a five rate me yes rate r-a-t-e rate um And I ask that you continue to support, share my podcast to the world. Get everybody to hit that listener subscribe button and the listener support button and hit that like and hit those comments and tell me what you think, what you want to hear and whatever topic you want to hear. Let me know. I don't mind. Um, I did get a topic suggestion on submission. Do I think male submission is weak? I'm actually going to do that. And I'm actually going to do it on the She Said, He Said podcast uh, with Mr. E, with me and Mr. E. So you guys come over and um, listen to us on that. Um, Again, thank you for your ear, for your time, for your support. I ask that you continue. Remember to stay true to yourself. Do not let anyone's thoughts and opinion dictate who and what you think of yourself. Continue to push love and be encouraged. And no matter how much negative energy people give, continue to push out that goodness let your family friends know that you love them today because tomorrow is not promising anyone and trust and believe that your storm is just temporary. God is working some things out for you. Trust and believe that and continue to push, continue, continue to push despite of and trust God and stay focused on God's purpose for you and not the situation in the storm and what you're in. I know it's not easy. I know it's not easy, but keep stand fast to God, trusting him. And let God be God. And on talk to talk with your girl, I need a love to hate to hate till next time, you guys. Peace.